Hmm. Well, grace and peace upon you, Fresno First family, and good morning. Justin, can you turn that down just a lot? Thank you. And uh, hey, did anybody else get caught on a motorcycle in the middle of that storm on the 99 yesterday? Am I the only one? <laughs> I did not know that side winds can make you change lanes that fast. I quickly got off and went on Ashland. So uh, hey, last week, I want to just catch us up. Last week, we're, we started our new summer series. It's called Intimacy with God as we look at the life of King David and then the Psalms that correspond with a life event and how he opens his heart up transparently to God. And, and David is a, a man after God's own heart. And may he become our example as we become people and persons after God's own heart to open ourselves up to the Lord transparently. Because isn't that what we long for? Deep within our souls to know and be known in an intimate way with our Creator. If you're new, welcome. We're stoked to be worshiping you today, with you today. And we do ask that you fill out a connection card and uh, so we can keep you up on the latest and greatest that's happening here at Fresno First and stick it into the connection card in the back. And uh, with that, I would like to have us go together as God's people of... Awesome. We got that. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. Lord, you are God, defender. You are sustainer of all things. Thank you for, for being our refuge in those times of, of pain, isolation, distress, hardship, and challenges. Thank you for making us on purpose and for purpose. Lord, I ask you forgive us when we seek other sources to, to distract us from the struggles of life and help us to forgive those that seek out to cause us harm. We ask you to attend to those suffering in our community and in our fellowship. And, and we ask you would bless us with opportunities to engage those around us for your namesake. We trust you, Lord. And we ask that you bless our leaders and help them to reveal hearts of your love, your, your mercy, your justice, and your humility. We bring to you our prayers and petitions in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Would you please stand as we enter into worship through song? You know, one of the things that and being a follower of Christ does, it opens our eyes to the reality of hope, the reality of freedom, and that God is greater than anything else in our life. Greater is the one who's in us. Greater is the one who calls our name. He will never fail. Stronger is the Within us, stronger is the one who fights for us. He will never fail. He will never fail. For your love endures forever. Oh, your love endures 
your light, your love endures forever. Mighty is the one who's for us. Mighty is the one who's strong to save. He will make a way, you will make a way, for your love endures forever, oh, your love endures forever, open up our eyes, surround us with your light, your love endures forever. presence of God with us, the power of the Holy Spirit in us, and we know the goodness of God that never fails, that mercy never runs out, and that grace abounds. Sing of the good. 
goodness of God. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire and darkest night. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. I have lived in the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so with every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. I will sing of the goodness of God. Speed of God, you may be seated. <clears throat> On July 22nd of this year, more than 50 children and parents in the uh, Cuban community of, of MUA attended the Children's uh, Community Impact held by the Church of the Nazarene Missions Mobilization. And during that activity, the children were taught the importance of obedience in the story of Jonah. Children came to know the Lord. Lives were surrendered. Families were eternally changed. And, and in that, because the volunteers and and those that were in service earned the right to speak into people's lives. They shared life, food, sweets, clothes, and more. Pregnant mothers received baskets specifically to their needs. And Catalina Pena, the missions mobilization coordinator for Eastern Cuba, stated, doing missions in Cuba is a great challenge. Our God provides. 
And I am confident that he will continue to provide the necessary strategies to move this ministry forward. And so the missions, uh, uh, the missions mobilization ministry is asking unite, uh, Nazarenes united around the world in prayer for Cuba and for the ministry of missions uh, mobilization that God would raise up leaders that are dedicated and willing to serve. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your good work in, in Cuba. Thank you for the reconciliation that's happening there, of, of brokenness being affected, of wounds being healed, of isolation finding community. Stories of abuse that has ceased because of your love and your impact and your transformation in the hearts of parents. Thank you for uniting families. Thank you for those workers that are sacrificing day in, day out for the sake of your name and your love that others may be eternally changed and transformed through the power of your death and resurrection. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. And please continue to raise up leaders in Cuba that hear that call and respond. And it's your name we pray. Amen. Would you... Uh, can please stand as we continue to worship in song. And <clears throat> when we think about it, when you look around, we don't say it too often. But there is nothing our God can't do, honestly. He created the world. He's in charge of everything in the world. And there is nothing outside of his grasp. So this morning... Let's look to the one that calms the storms around us, the one that retreats the darkness, the one whose presence in heaven is felt here, and the ones who opens our eyes and changes our lives. Just one word, you calm the storm that surrounds me. Just one word, the darkness has to retreat. Just one touch, I feel the presence of heaven. Just one touch. My eyes were open to see, my heart can't help but believe. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a mountain that He can't move. Oh, praise a name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. Just one word, you hear what's broken inside me just one word and you revive every dream just one touch i feel the power of heaven just one touch 
eyes were open to see my heart can't help but believe there's nothing that a god can do there's not a mountain that he can move oh praise the name that makes a way there's nothing that a god can't do there's nothing that a god can't do there's not a That makes a way There's nothing that a God can't do I will believe I will believe For greater things There's no power like the power of Jesus Let faith arise let all agree, there's no power like the power of Jesus. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise, let all agree. And there's no power like the power of Jesus. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise, let all agree. There's no power like his power. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a mountain that he can move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's nothing that a God can't do. There's not a prison wall he can't break through. Oh, praise a name that makes a way. There's nothing that a God can't do. And it's been a minute since we sang this next one, but it's always one that moves my soul. <clears throat> How great is our God? That's worthy of contemplation and meditation, just going before God and, and being present to His greatness and awe and splendor. He's clothed in majesty. He created us to be in worship of Him and not delude ourselves. To not walk in darkness, but to walk in His light. And that when He speaks, it reverberates through our souls. The splendor of the King, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice. 
rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. How great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. Age to age he stands. Time is in his hands, beginning and the end, beginning and the end. God in three and one, Father, Spirit, Son, Lion and the Lamb, Lion and the Lamb. How seated. And Jordan, would you? Oh, sir. Yes, sir. In a Wednesday evening. They're singing, there's nothing that our God can't do. I was singing, how great is our God. God is great. If there's a doubt from any of you, let me testify to that fact. We finished singing How Great Is Our God Wednesday night, and all of a sudden my hand quit working. I'm going to be taking a couple of weeks off from uh, playing the guitar and singing because I had a stroke. Uh, 
ended up out at St. Agnes for a couple of days. But God is good. While I was out there waiting and they were ministering to me and going through all kinds of tests, there's nothing that my God can't do. Amen. Just kept running through my mind. Because God is good. The old chorus, I will sing of the mercies of my Lord forever. Because he's merciful. Uh, all of a sudden, my left hand just quit working and music wasn't making sense quite. Although, you know, those weird little things happened. And, of course, Kevin was here and they got me home, got me to the emergency room and everything went the way it was supposed to. But all I can do is praise God because he worked a miracle for me. I don't know why, because I see others that struggle and everything, but, but God is good. My left hand doesn't always do what I want it to do. Find out this morning I can't time a shoe, <laughs> which is really frustrating if you want to know. Uh, <laughs> but God is good. And these choruses, these worship songs that we sing, it's about praising God. And I got to thinking while we were singing here, or singing together, that sometimes we just go through the routine. We stand up and we sing the choruses and we, you know, they're good and they're meaningful and things, but it's about praise. That's why we're here is to praise him. And, and so Sunday mornings are such a great time to gather as family. And we can just spend time together praising our Lord and our King. And if you ever wonder if he's interested in your daily life, let me assure you that you can feel his hand no matter what you go through. And that touch, just like the one song that we sang, is really true because he touches you and he opens up all of heaven. And you can feel that presence and you can feel his power. So when you sing these songs, just remember, it's not just going through the words. Those words have tremendous meaning and they're true. There's nothing that our God can't do. Transform us. When, when they cease becoming words and they truly become the worship of our souls. Good morning, everyone. Uh, we're going to pray for our offering. Um, I'm actually going to throw in uh, two things. One is, thank you for reminding um, you can scan the QR code. It'll take you right to our giving page, so that's up on the screen. Um, just want to make it easy to be able to give, so online and then in person we always have our connection boxes in the back and then by the uh, church office out there. So uh, the second thing is, um, I'm going to plug one announcement, NMI, we're, um, for the disaster relief portion for our district uh, that they're going to set up, um, our goal is to raise $100 for that. And so um, in our ties and our offerings, just consider that, pray about that. 
and you can throw that into um, whether you do it in person, you can note it for missions, we'll put it in there, and then online you can note that for, for missions as well. So Let, let's pray for offering this morning. Father God, as our, as our sweet brother Merlin had testified, you are great and there's nothing that you can't do. I pray that you would take this offering, multiply it, magnify it, and use it for your will and your glory in this church, in this community, throughout Fresno and throughout our nation and throughout the world, Lord. You're moving in places like Cuba. You're moving in places here as in Fresno and, and around the world. And we just want to be involved in your mission for your will and your glory. In Jesus' name. Go and say hi to someone you haven't said hello to yet, and uh, ask how they enjoyed the storm last night.
Good morning, everybody. Again. Um, I got some announcements for, for everyone. Um, and I'm going to do the praises before I forget. Praise, first of all, uh, for all the work, um, you know, Frank and Janelle and many others for the trees. We didn't have any tree branches come down. Uh, so that's a praise because last night it got pretty, pretty crazy, um, which is, yeah, it's a praise for that. Um, and Pastor, let me know during our, our time to greet each other that uh, uh, what a praise we had. Um, the NMI offering for the disaster relief portion for our church was actually covered this morning. So um, that's been covered. So praise God for that. Um, and then with our offering, uh, I'm sorry, with uh, our announcements, couple of uh, others here. So Family Life Group is going to start again with Pastor Chad on Sunday mornings. It's going to be really exciting there, and that's going to be in a couple weeks. Um, Pastor Chad, I've got, I've got on September 3rd, so two weeks. Does that sound right? Okay. So that look forward to that. Sunday's here at the church in the Fellowship Hall at uh, 930. And then uh, we've also got, um, oh, we have a need in our church, and it's uh, definitely time for this. Um, the baton to be handed down from one treasure to an upcoming treasure. If you uh, want to know more about that, talk with Pastor. Um, but we are needing a new treasure, and so um, think about that, pray about that, because uh, it's a it's a need that we need to um, to fill in our church. So, amen. For a long time. Yeah, I, I have to echo that because it, it takes um, a little bit of extra time, a lot of it, <laughs> um, but it's a need in our church and it's a need that's uh, a weekly, you know, in, in a sense we have to pay the bills and, and uh, take care of the books and it's really important stewardship ministry, so yeah, pray about that and, and definitely thank Katie. Uh, lastly, um, we are going to uh, have a love offering and a blessing for Sequoia Elementary and that's over here on the right. So. We're going to do a teacher supply for back to school. Um, as many of you know, you know, teachers don't get everything that they need, unfortunately, and we want to bless uh, Sequoia, which is a local elementary school here in our community. And so um, we've got all the kind of uh, needs here, and Pastor, we just taking, yeah, grab a need and, and fill a need. You can bring the, the, take the item and then bring it back, and we'll uh, gather these up and uh, bless the teachers at Sequoia Elementary. Yes, there, there it is. See, we're on. 
If you have your Bibles and apps, can you please open to 1 Samuel 22, 1 through 5, and also we're going to be landing in Psalm 142, so you can stick your finger in that for later on during the message. Last week, we began this imagery of this branch and this tree and reflected in order for a branch to grow and to live and to bear fruit, it's got to be connected to the tree. See, if a branch falls off, a branch dies. If a branch falls off, a branch dies. There's no other way about it. It can still look green. It can still look like it's bearing fruit, but it is not. It's slowly declining and dying. And the same thing happens in our lives. If we lose our connection with God, we begin to suffer and begin to slowly die spiritually because we're not being nurtured by the power of the Holy Spirit growing in us. See, we're, we're, not being, we're not growing in our intimacy with God, which means that we stay connected to the very source of life. And, and last week we spoke about how vital it is for trust in our relationship and our growth, our spiritual growth and our intimacy with God. And this morning we're moving from a place of trust and opening up and peering in to embrace what it means to surrender, which can kind of be a scary word as we call upon God and ask Him, like Merlin shared, to enter into our struggles. So if you're able, would you please stand for the reading of God's Word, 1 Samuel 22, 1 through 5. David left there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and all his father's house heard of it, they went down there to him. Everyone who was in distress and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was discontented, gathered to him, and he became captain over them. Those who were with him outnumbered or numbered about 400. David went from there to Mezbeth of Moab. He said to the king of Moab, Please let my father and mother come to you until I know what God will do for me. He left them with the king of Moab, and he stayed with them all the time that David was in the stronghold. When the prophet Gad said to David, don't remain in the stronghold, leave and go to the land of Judah. He, and he left and he went to the forest of Hereth. This has been the word of the Lord. And all God's people said, thanks be to God. You may be seated. 19th uh, century preacher and theologian Charles McIntosh suggested that Scripture peaks, speaks to three different types of rest. The first rest is that rest that, that comes when we, comes from the finished work of Christ that we may have salvation through His atonement and, and paying for the penalty of our sins. And, and the second rest is the rest that we are called into into this present moment when we, as believers, find that we come into full surrender to God and His will and His care and protection for our lives. And the third rest we enter is that future rest that we all long for. That rest that comes at Christ's return when we are in the glorified presence of God in heaven. See, David today wonderfully illustrates that second rest of being intimate and knowing and relying and surrendering all to God's presence in the very moment. And David finds refuge in surrendering to God. See, at this point in David's life, King David or David has already been anointed king of Israel. Yet there's another king still on the throne, King Saul, and he found out that King David's supposed to be king, and now Saul wants to kill David. 
Chapter 21 of 1 Samuel recounts the early travels of David as he flees from the presence of King Saul who was out to kill him and was jealous. And he flees to the region of Gath, which we talked about Goliath last week, which happens to be where Goliath is from, and <clears throat> finds himself in need to ex- and finds himself in need in Gath as he then tries to escape from their king, the Palestinian king, King Ashish of the Palestines and the Palestinian army. Now David is being hunted down by two kings and two armies. Not a good time in David's life. See, verse 1 shares that David escaped and he went to the cave of Adullam. It's located about 15 to 20 miles southwest of Jerusalem in the region of Judah. That freedom that David knew that we spoke about last week of being a young shepherd boy of his family's flock and roaming, that is gone. David's world is closing around him. You could almost say that he's pinned between a rock and a hard place and struggling to survive. And in that, he cries out to God and God provides a refuge. God provides a cave. Yet David is still surrounded by his enemies. He's pursued by two kingdoms. And those closest to David, they are struggling along with him and they search David out to go ahead and look to David for help. David's parents and his brothers and all David's parents' servants came to David. And now David has 400 people in a cave with him, relying upon him. Because that cave was more than a cave at that time. That cave became a safe space to those that are weary in life. To those who are weary in the struggles of their facing into day-to-day Survivors that came together to huddle, to minister to one another, to walk with each other through suffering, through pain, through debt, and through sadness. The cave became a refuge by God. A place for souls that feel dried up and hopeless, that have no place else to turn. And as I thought about that, I realized that isn't that Those moments, those situations, that God's presence is most needed. Isn't when we reach that point of we don't know where else to go that we find hope and surrender our will and our lives over the care and protection of God? See, that's where David found himself. We see David's completely at peace, willing to wait in a cave on God because Perhaps it's years of, of learning to patiently wait as a shepherd or, or his time in the, in the house of, of King Saul or, or maybe having to wait out this being contempt and then being hunted down. Whatever it is, David has learned that perfect peace comes from surrendering to God's perfect will. How many times in history of God's people including us gathered today, have we proven that we grow most and we learn most when the Holy Spirit removes those distractions of our lives, removes us of our comfort zone, kicks out all those standards and expectations out from underneath us. It's not a fun place to be. It's a humbling place, sometimes a lonely place that only we and God know and understand truly what's going on in our struggling 
hearts. As we said earlier, David is a man after God's own heart. And for this reason, David does not seek refuge from the world and it struggles to shrivel up and die. David embraces his time in this cave as an opportunity to trust God while waiting on the Lord and surrendering his life to God. Because God has a plan for David, and David knows that. David knows that he is anointed king. David knows that he is not an eternal cave dweller. But sometimes in our life, when you're in a cave for a while, you kind of forget about that there's light at the end of it. So let's contemplate the reality of David's situation He's, and the temptations David is facing, because it's something I believe all of us can relate to. David's anointed king, but Saul's on the throne. You have King Saul and King Ashish. They want to kill David. David's holed up in a cave. He's surrounded by enemy, and he's responsible for hundreds of refugees. Does that sound about right? The... Uh, I think that would be a Netflix-worthy binge-watching show. The Rise of the Kingdom. King David. I don't know. Maybe somebody can go ahead and write that. I'll, I'll rent it. Uh, and with all that coming down, it seems, at least for me, in my weakness, it'd be easy for David and those he's protecting, those that are in fear of imminent death, to, that are struggling to survive, to eat, to, to, I, if somebody was mad at God in that situation, wouldn't you cut them some slack? But they're not. They're not mad at God. David goes from security of his father's home and being a young shepherd to a national hero, hero when he beat Goliath, to the right hand of King Saul, to anointed a king, to living in the palace, to now he's a, a fugitive on the lamb. People want to kill him. He's living in a cave, and he's going to be cast out in the wilderness here pretty quick. See, it's in these kind of struggles that the world feels like it's collapsing in. And then to top it off, as though David's life in this cave couldn't get any smaller, people keep showing up. And that space gets smaller and smaller and smaller. We can honestly say David is between a rock and a hard spot. And there's really no give on either side. I wonder if David was ever tempted to look around and say, get out of my cave. I found this cave first. God gave me this cave. They want to kill me. They don't want to kill you. Yes, go. Or just creep around to the backside of the cave to find the darkest spot away, lay down, and hope that maybe you just don't wake up. Maybe just give in and say, God, I can't do it. I, I give up. I can't do this anymore. I can't do it one more step. I can't do this one more day, one more breath. I give up. And that's exactly what David does. David gives up fighting for himself. And he surrenders all of his obstacles and all of his, and all of his struggles in great detail over to God and lets God fight for him. And in that, David finds a divine blessing. He finds rest. 
rest for his soul. Rest when he's a fugitive. Rest when he's taking care of refugees. Rest in a time where you don't think you would get it. But David does. And so do those that are with David. See, life struggles sometimes more than we can bear. I don't know if you ever felt like this where the world is closing around that all the opportunities and pathways that you think that moving forward are now closed and it just like your life looks like a wall right in the middle of a road. One struggle after another struggle. And yes, we trust God, or more honestly, we trust God as much as we can, and we're asking God to help us trust Him more. And we just don't know whether to run, to hide, to just sit, to both. We just don't know. And then all of a sudden, instead of clearing a wall, God provides a cave, a cave of refuge for us. And we say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I need that rest. Thank you, God, for your provision. And we're thankful because we understand that that life is not for the faint of heart. You have survived life up to this very day. Thank God. We have another day that we can breathe, that we can come together and worship, that we can enjoy God because for all of us, life is a struggle. There's no way about that. And like David and those that joined him who became weary from life, from struggling through suffering of pain, debt, and sadness, we too struggle through our suffering of pain, debt, and sadness. We struggle to stay out of debt, to keep a roof over our heads. We struggle to maintain a budget when it seems like the cost of living is going faster than than the money coming in. We struggle with perhaps culture or, or, or things of the unknown that we didn't grow up like this. We grew up like this, and this is different. It seems like it's always changing, and I, I can't quite put my finger on it yet. And We struggle with our health, our physical health, and our our mental well-being. We struggle with sadness, and for some, they struggle with depression, and it feels like this weight is pushing heavier and heavier and heavier on heads and necks and shoulders and hearts. We struggle with crippling pain that no one else seems to know. We, We struggle with suffering in silence, hoping that our struggle will be over one day, sitting in this cave, hoping that rest will come, And we struggle with our temptation. We struggle in giving up those sins that that are just hard to give up. But we know we need to. And so we struggle. And we're in this cave. And when we're in this cave, sometimes it's struggle to love. It's struggle to to open our hearts up to give and receive love. And, And when we are struggling with that, and if we give up on that, you know what happens? Resentment. And hate begins to whisper in our ears to just consider resentment and hate to settle into our hearts. And if that's not enough, our struggles come with responsibility, not just for ourselves, but for those that we love. David didn't 
just take care of the, the faceless masses. He took care of those in his household. He took care of his brothers and his parents. He, he even found a place of safety and refuge for his parents. And we do the same thing. We take on the struggles of those around us that help lighten their loads. And if we're completely honest with us, when we do that and we find ourselves in that type of rescue mode all the time, perhaps we are finding in ourselves a distraction from our own struggles through helping others. And our own struggles just lay dormant or just right at the surface of our souls. And then after a while, fear begins to take place and we get overwhelmed and the pressures of life are too much to bear. And like those tree limbs that we saw yesterday in the storm, we snap and we break off. And when that happens, maybe, just maybe, everybody go get off our backs Maybe our struggles will steep. Maybe we'll stop feeling like we're drowning in the middle of a crowd. And when we find ourselves struggling more and more, even that smallest task of life, brushing your teeth, seem to be too great to overcome. And fighting back the stress, the stress of pain, of finances, of suffering, responsibility, and, and even fighting back the tears, soon we find ourselves in this place. with us and God. And we have to decide, do I surrender to you, God? Or do, you just want to know, do I want to go ahead and do some more wrestling? And I'll tell you what, God's a good wrestler. He's never lost. And if you really want to wrestle with him, he loves you enough to allow it. And in the end, when he wins... And you surrender. Your life will never, ever be the same again. You will know a peace and a joy that has been, well, like a shadow or a mirage or something only talked about, dreamt about, but never realized. But when our intimacy with God becomes an afterthought or we dismiss the intimacy with God, that peace with God can never exist. That cave of God's provision when we are saying, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, becomes more like a cave that's a prison and we become chained to our struggles. So instead of Surrendering to God out of weary, weariness, we begin to take our weariness and put it on our backpacks and we take our struggle and we carry them along with us and we pack them with us and trudge along until we finally can't take another step. And instead of telling ourselves this isn't going to last forever, we realize I just can't let this last for one more minute and that we can't take another step. And that cave, like King David's cave, is becoming super, super small. And we get exposed to all the fears that we've been running from, the struggles that we can't seem to overcome, and in a fit of depression, a fit of maybe clarity, we look around and we say, God, no more. I can't do this. See, when we find that we have no more strength, God becomes our refuge because he is. In the cave that, that God provides for King David, every day that space seemed to grow smaller as more people started coming in amidst the struggles and the weariness. And, and let's not think for a minute that people aren't coming up to King David and sharing with him their pain. 
And David took it on and took it on and took it on. He took on the pain of others. He took on the pain of himself. And he was at peace because he was in the presence of God. David learned a valuable tool of surrender is vital for spiritual growth and becoming intimate with God and and in that, a man after God's own heart. And because of that, in the midst of, of intense struggle, in the midst of being a refugee, in the midst of of being a fugitive, David pins Psalm 142. David's in this this cave of despair, and, and these are the words that come from his heart as David surrenders his pride, his will, his rights, his strength. He gives everything over to God, and it's raw, and it's very real. I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before Him my complaint. Before Him, I tell my trouble. And I want you to picture these words echoing inside of cave. All activity ceases. As people hear King David talking, and they stop their talking, they stop their activity. And they hear him say, when my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watch over my way. In the path where I walk, people have hidden a snare for me. Look and see. There is no one at my right hand. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. I cry out to you, Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am desperate In desperate need, rescue from those that pursue me, for they are too strong for me. Set me free from my prison, that I may praise your name. Then the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me. When we are this honest and transparent with God, something happens. And it's a lot like what happened with Merlin. There's nothing our God can't do. Amen? Amen. And when we surrender our will and our life over to His care, when we surrender our struggles, when we surrender our fears, when we surrender everything over to Him, He enters into our struggles in a way we did not realize. And it doesn't mean that the struggles don't exist. It just means that we're not doing the struggling. God is. We've got to trust Him to do so. See, our response to the messes of life is through faith, trust, and surrender to God. And it's not a neat, logical solution. Life is full of struggles, and, and life is still going to be messy. But in surrendering to God, hope emerges. Like the dawn light on Easter morning that opens up the skies to wonders and awe and new life. In surrendering to God, it allows us to live into the redemptive promises of God of which Scripture shares that sin and death are overcome by faith in Christ. And, and God is faithful to His promises and those promises that are found in His Word and His redemption and His mercy and His love. Through Christ, God has reconciled all things and in that promise, all things that feel and look like a hot mess in that cave, 
God takes them upon himself. And in that, we, like King David, can find rest. And as we surrender everything to God. And when we surrender to God, our experiences, our circumstances, and our struggles, our caves, and even our wildernesses, they become His. And when we surrender everything over to God, our intimacy reaches a depth that we did not know exists yet have longed for our entire lives. The bondage of sin, of struggle, of change goes because we put all of our eggs in one basket. That's what surrender is. It's not holding anything back. It's not saying, God, I got 12 eggs. I'm going to give you nine. That's close to a dozen. It means we give them all to God and trust all of that in his care. And in that, God sustains all of it. God works with all that is. And God is bringing all that is to his good ending. God is the Lord of all creation, the Lord of all places, the Lord of all time, the Lord of all realities, the the God of the caves, the God of the wilderness, the God of the struggles. And he enters in when we completely and fully surrender over to him. See, as when we follow Christ, we've got a long game, a far vision that isn't yet complete. And we spoke about that. That's that rest that will come at Christ's return. But that long vision is also that vision that is found in the present moment. And in that present moment, like Macintosh shares, that's when we find true rest. Like a branch that struggles to grow, that is battered by the wind, and yet feels the weight of the storm and does not break. It holds strong and endures because it abides the tree and we can stay strong and endure in the life storms that blow us and want to break us, but it doesn't because we are connected and nurtured to our source of life. And the power of His Spirit is flowing through us and strengthening us and protecting us. As we abide in Christ, it's, it's not promised to be sunshine and rainbows but we know God will sustain us, will nurture us, will mature us, and endure our struggles with us and through us. Because a branch doesn't struggle alone. The tree struggles with the branch. We don't struggle alone. God struggles with us and through us as his branches to bear fruit. And that fruit is the blessings that we can return back to God. Blessings that, you know, for the tree that form and nest and new life and fruit See, our struggles, your struggles, my struggles, our struggles are not the end game. The end game is when we participate in the kingdom of God and bear fruit in our identity in Christ by being in an intimate relationship with God, by surrendering, by trusting God like we spoke about last week, and now surrendering everything over to God. And then, in that, we become like David, shelters for those that need it. Witnesses to new birth, to new creation, to, to witness new faith. And in God, He takes our struggles, He makes them our, His own, and He turns, as we turn our will and our lives over to His care and protection, opening our hearts up in an authentic and real, transparent way to His presence. See, our challenge this week identify one area, and these are all on your bulletin. Identify one area in your life that needs to be surrendered to God. Identify one struggle in your life that needs to surrender to God. Share how God has given you refuge. 
And what is one thing you can actively do in surrendering to God? The story of a man that was walking through an art gallery. And he comes upon this beautiful picture of Jesus dying on the cross. And he's just staring at it, mesmerized. And the guard on duty goes over to him and taps his shoulder and said, the artist, <clears throat> when, he, when he drew this picture, he drew it for those that are looking at it and admiring it to be at a, a lower perspective. And, and so this man who, who wasn't of great health bent down a little lower from his position. And, he, and, and as like that, he's looking up and wow. And he saw new beauties and new wonders and new glory in that picture. And the guard comes over and he taps him and he goes, Sir, uh, you're going to have to get a little lower. And, and he struggled to get down on, on one knee. And he, he's looking at it. Yeah, I can really see what that artist meant. And then the night guard or the guard comes over and he's got his light. And he shines it on the ground and he goes, Sir, the artist meant for you to see the picture from a lower, more humble position. And with great pain and great protest from his body, the man gets down on a, both knees and sits down and looks up. You see, only from a place of humility was he able to see the glory that comes in surrendering fully to the cross. For us this morning, may our struggle be submitted as we become more and more humble and in so surrendering all to God that we may fully see the glories of our salvation and the glories of our God. Would you please stand to receive a blessing? And put your hands out to receive this. May you connect, grow, and serve in our community as you example full surrender to Christ and His will for your life. May the power of God's Spirit become a refuge in times of struggle, and may God's love give hope in times of despair. May you live into the freedom that only comes by faith in Christ. You are sent. Amen.